Through the Keyhole is fueled by Vanessa House Beer Company, located in Automobile Alley at 118 Northwest 8th Street in Oklahoma City. Stop by the tap room and try the legendary 401k lager or the refreshing destination wedding cerveza with salt and lime. Vanessa House is always brewing something fun like the Pog Hard Seltzer or their sweet and tasty sours. Great beers for a hot Oklahoma summer as we march towards football season. Stop by the Vanessa House Tap Room at 118 Northwest 8th Street in Oklahoma City for good drinks and family-friendly good times. Kids and pets are welcome. Yes, I mentioned kids and pets in the same sentence. Vanessa House Beer Company, the best beer in Oklahoma City. Please drink responsibly. Hey, what's up, y'all? Alan Kenny, co-host of Through the Keyhole and Oklahoma Sooners Fans Podcast, brought to you by Vanessa House there in Oklahoma City. Uh, we are still talking uh, about uh, March Madness. This is our, our free uh, episode for this week, podcast for this week. We also appreciate all your support uh, on Patreon, where for four dollars a month you get a little extra content um and along with you know just helping us out so if, if you uh know anybody if you're a subscriber or uh who knows other people or if you're not a subscriber please uh feel free to uh, head on over there and subscribe only four dollars a month uh big help to us um so anyway we've been you know going through uh march madness with uh with my brother the skinny he normally helps us out doing uh handicapping in college football during the uh, football season but he's a big hoops head too so uh he's gonna help we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, the second weekend of the tournament here the sweet 16 elite eight games as the field continues to narrow on the way to crowning a national champion so let's welcome him on skinny what's up man Oh, not much. You know, that first uh, weekend of the tourney certainly didn't disappoint. And I feel pretty good because, you know, my picks from last week aren't just totally done for. So, uh, you know, I still got three of the four Final Fours. And, uh, you know, I I called for Purdue and Kansas to exit early. So, uh, you know, I won't talk about my misses, but uh, (laughs) not too bad an opening weekend. Right. So let's uh before we get in though to uh talking talking basketball, let's talk a little spring football. Uh the Sooners, I believe, kicked off today. Their uh spring sessions, you know, Brent Venables uh did kind of a media kind of you know skirmish yesterday or or whatever you call it, scrum, pardon me. Uh talking, you know, about what kind of some of the things that he's looking for in this team. Um he sounds more, you know, fairly confident, but is that just, I mean, in your mind, I guess we don't, we don't really know, you know, there was kind of this deal with Bob Stoops back in the day where like, it didn't really matter if the team, if if he was in a good mood or a bad mood when he was talking about the team or the upcoming season, it didn't, it didn't really like, you know, telegraph anything about how he felt about the squad. Uh, Brent Venables just seems like an upbeat dude in general. Am I, am I, am I wrong about that or? Yeah, that's totally right. So I, to me, I don't know that you can read too much into to what he's saying. Like, if he seems excited, I, I just feel like the guy's always going to be, you know, a new season, ready to get after it, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know that it's going to tell you a ton. 
I did see a couple comments, and he, he seems pretty fired up about that defense. Yeah, you know, and I mean, they've added, obviously, a, a lot of new pieces from the transfer portal, but I mean, he's got to be fairly excited about a lot of the younger players, the guys that he's actually had an opportunity to, uh, you know, recruit and bring in. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. And maybe this is crazy of me after last year, but like, I don't know. You look at that defense and I think they've got a chance to be pretty good. Like the secondary and linebackers, you know, should be solid based on what they have coming back and and all the new pieces coming in. You know, it's really, you know, what's going to happen along that defensive line. And again, you know, we're placing a lot of faces. So, and maybe that's not a bad thing, right? I mean, yeah. that defensive line wasn't exactly productive last year. So, I mean, we, we'll see, but I like, I, I kind of buy the reason for optimism on that side of the ball. Yeah. You know, I think more than anything else, they should be able to rotate more bodies on the defensive line, which, um, you know, they had, they had, they, they tried to do that last year, but it just seems like they had a lot of kind of just replacement level type players, you know, that, we're rotating in there and maybe they feel a little bit better about the quality of those spots up front. Yeah. I, I think you're probably right. I mean, um, you know, I think in, in my mind, you know, we will see this team should be better. Um, you know, you really feel like the record last year should have been, I mean, to me, as much as the talent upgrades, like can they figure out how to put the pieces together to win games, to win tight games. Right. I mean, um, that's really what this comes down to. That was the downfall last year. And, and that's coaching, that's players, that's that's a lot of different things. Right. Yep. I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, um, all right. With hoops out there, probably with uh, football all the way, let's get into talking hoops here. Um, a pretty fun opening weekend. Not a whole lot of just like juice, you know what I mean, around it. Um, but, you know, there were some good games. Um some not so good games that were still kind of exciting. You know, I, I kept people kept talking about how good that uh, Kansas State Kentucky game was, and like I mean, I loved watching uh, you know Kansas State's uh, guard uh, Mark Snowell. You know, yeah. Uh, but it was just an ugly game. Both those teams shot the ball horribly, and in fact, it feels to me like like just bad shooting was really kind of the story from the first weekend. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. Like, look, the you know the the overall quality of play, uh, you know, over the last ten, fifteen, twenty, however many years, right? It, it's just it's down. A lot, you know, the talented guys leave early, right? Um, you know, at, at the same time, you know, the, and so I think for the casual fan, like the scoring and some of the things they look for isn't there. You're right, uh, no doubt. I mean, there were still some pretty compelling games, but um, you know, college basketball is just a different. It's just a different watch these days. Right. And I guess maybe the most compelling story was uh, Fairleigh Dickinson in the first round up saying Purdue. Uh, Purdue, I kind of feel like people kind of get, maybe kind of get this whole thing backwards. You know, there's been a lot of talk about like Matt Painter's teams kind of flopping in the tournament. You know, Tony Bennett uh, and UVA, aside from the one year they won it, I mean, that's another one that people, you know, kind of peg in, as, uh, you know, a team that's likely to go out early. And it feels to me like, Really, what it it actually says is like guys like Painter and Bennett are really good game to game of having you know kind of getting the most out of their teams, and that's the kind of team though that you know kind of an overachiever like that kind of gets set up to uh, struggle in in this kind of situation where you know it's a one off setting. 
Yeah, no, that's perfectly said. I mean, if you look at Purdue, like that is just a vulnerable one seed, right? Um, the way they were playing coming into this tournament, uh, you know, they're kind of just mediocre guard play. Um, that's a perfect upset candidate. And then you look at a team like Virginia, you know, and these teams that slow the game down, right? You're, you're always just going to be more susceptible to some kind of upset. Right. Yeah. Just the variant. I mean, it's just a statistical thing, like the, the way the variance works out. Um, but it also, and it also says something though, like all, you know, if, if Purdue, if Purdue is so bad as a one seed, you know, where are all the other teams from the big 10? Why aren't they beating them? You know what I mean? Like how did Purdue win? I think they won both the regular season and the uh, conference tournament. So, I mean, you know, it, that part of it, you know, doesn't necessarily square. Yeah. The big 10 wasn't great this year for sure. Um, you know, I, I think you really like, um, you know, it, it was boy, really the, I mean, as good as the big 12 was, I mean, the sec, they were pretty strong this year uh, on yeah. the hoop side. Clearly, yep, clearly. Well, let's start off talking. Um, actually, we'll start off there in the East because with Purdue uh, out. This is obviously the uh, kind of you know every year there's that one region that where things kind of go nuts. That's what we got here. Um, you know, FAU and Tennessee playing on one side. Then you've got uh, the other semifinal matchup for the region being Kansas State and Michigan State. Um, I don't know. I, FAU is a, you know, is a good team. Uh, you know, they're, they're also playing pretty well. I think at the moment, um, got kind of fortunate to beat Memphis in the first round, it seems like, but Tennessee is also an interesting story to me. And so far as, you know, they, they had the big injury to their point guard. It's not a, a necessarily an exciting team to watch, but the way that game was officiated against Duke, uh, I think a lot of people had penciled, you know, the the Blue Devils to make a Final Four run this year, and they just beat the hell out of Duke in the, in that game on uh, Sunday afternoon. Yeah, yeah, Tennessee is, and I was one of those people on Duke, right? I thought they were playing; they were playing really well. Um, yeah, Tennessee is just is physical. They play great defense. Um, you know, I kind of look at them as as the team I think will come out of this region to make the Final Four now. I mean, I'm kind of rooting for K-State just because, as you already mentioned on the top, like it's it's a it's a better watch. I mean, Tennessee-Michigan State just sounds like a miserable uh, <laughs> Elite oh, Eight God. game. But, yeah. I, you know, we might we might be in store for that. But, yeah, I kind of think it is, as good a story as Kansas State is, I, I, I feel like Tennessee's kind of that physical style of play, I feel like that'll win out uh, this weekend. Yeah, I mean – I think Michigan State's actually favored over Kansas State in that other game by a couple points. I, I mean, it, it, you know, I guess it's just a case of uh, Tom Izzo doing this, doing his uh, thing again, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and we'll see, like, you know, and again, like, Kansas State, yeah, they knocked off Kentucky and they looked pretty good doing it, but that wasn't a great Kentucky team. So, um, you know, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Michigan State. I like that the those uh, that pairing, the backcourt pairing they have there. So you're you're taking uh, Tennessee at this point out of this region. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, that's the way I'm kind of leaning to. I'd like I'd like to see FAU or Kansas State uh, advance just because I'd, I'd rather watch them play. But um, I have a feeling that the Vols might be uh, cutting them down once we're once we're all things said and done. Um. Okay, we'll look at the South now. Uh, this hasn't exactly gone to form either. I mean, of course, you still got Alabama in there. They're going to be taking on San Diego State. 
Um, and then, you know, the other side, Creighton versus Princeton. Uh, Princeton pulled off a, that shocker in uh, in the opening round against Arizona, then beat Missouri to to advance, taking on the Blue Jays here. Uh, th- I, this is the only game of this, you know, kind of opening weekend where I feel pretty confident that uh, in, in one side, and that's Creighton here. Um, that's just a really like just a good solid team top to bottom yeah uh no doubt and i actually i think i picked i did pick creighton uh you know to make it to the sweet 16 here uh and and they are like you know offensively they're they're pretty polished they're pretty smooth if they get hot i mean i you know i look at this and i think of all the you know the kind of one seeds here you know if you're alabama you have to feel pretty good about how this sets up right um you know, Sir San Diego State, like if, if they play great defense and if, if they shoot the way they did last weekend, they, that's kind of a tough matchup. But I, I think the problem for Creighton is they're kind of – they're not the style of play that I think Bama's susceptible to. Um, so I kind of think Bama, Bama moves on here. Yeah. Now with uh, – I mean, with Bama, do you, did you get to watch much of them over the weekend? I did not. They man, they just look like a freight train right now, man. I mean, the kid Brandon Miller is really good, but the way they are able to kind of space the floor out, man, it just makes it so tough because they've got shooters everywhere, and then he's so good one on one. Yeah, they're 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 a solid team, and I didn't get to see that Maryland game, but when they went by 20, 20 plus points, that's that's pretty good. Um, they're they are playing really well. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a very awkward uh, situation if they keep advancing, though, because of uh, all the stuff going around there with uh, with that team. Just looking at, I wanted to check, dig in on Princeton real quick, just to see something here. So, let's see here. Missouri went six of twenty-two from three-point range when they played them, and then I think they who they played in the first Arizona, of course, uh, Arizona went let's see here Arizona hit 18% from three point range so now to be fair Princeton in that game only hit 16% but uh, something tells me uh, the Blue Jays might be shooting a little bit better uh, when they when they square off this weekend yeah they, they shot the ball well against uh, Baylor for sure yeah for sure all right so who do you have advancing out of uh, out of this region yeah, so I'm I'm going with the easy pick here. I just think Alabama. I mean, I, I don't think there's anyone can match them from a talent perspective. Um, I, I kind of think they they roll through this weekend. Yeah, I, that's the way I've got it too. I've got the Tide advancing to the Final Four um, in in probably pretty easy fashion. So, um, all right. So now we've got the Midwest. Here, uh, Houston has held form despite playing through some injuries. Uh, made it to the Sweet 16. They'll be taking on the Miami Hurricanes, who uh, really looked pretty impressive against Indiana um, on uh, over the weekend, and, and you know, kind of scraped by Drake, which just fell apart in the uh, final minutes of that opening round, uh, that round 64 game. Then uh, down below, another team that looks surprisingly strong, Crate or Xavier. Uh, they're going to be taking on. Uh, the Texas Longhorns, who beat Colgate and Penn State. Um, this one is it, the. I think that the the issue here 
is Houston's health, right? I mean, to me, that's the only thing that is would that is giving me any kind of pause here. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, and kind of surprised that they played Sasser in the the first round. Like, I, what was the point? Why not just rest him? But agreed. Like, I, I you know I said it last week, and I still think like you know, kind of top to bottom, offense, defense, coaching, like Houston's the most complete team in the country, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I, you know, that the injury situation is is a bit puzzling in terms of predicting them going forward. Um, in Miami, you know, that, that guard play is, yeah. is really good there. Um, so we'll, we'll see about Houston. Yeah, the, the Pack and Wong combo, I mean, when you have two guards like that in a, in this kind of setting, man, I mean, it can make such a big difference. You know, the I think the the one thing that you know gives me confidence on Houston there is, you know, if anybody's got a, a backcourt that can match those two, it's Houston. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and, and Houston, uh, I, the way they play defensively, I feel like they can uh, can shut those guards down. But um, Miami's dangerous. Yeah, you know, Larry Nega is a really good coach. He probably he tends to kind of fly under the radar. But I was actually at the game back in, what, 2011? Or no, it was even before that. It was like 2006. Whenever it was that uh, he was coaching that George Mason team that beat UConn in the, uh, to go to the uh, Final Four. That was a pretty amazing run. Um, yeah, that was, that was good. That UConn's team was stuck. That was like a Mecca Okafor, right? So. Oh, well, I think it had, they had like Hashim to beat. And then uh, okay. a couple other guys, but yeah, no, I mean they were the one seed and the you know proverbial favorites to win the whole thing. So, um, looking here, the other matchup, Xavier and Texas. I mean, any thoughts here? Texas, Texas has so many athletes and and so much kind of going on the front lines here that that that's going to cause you know problems for Xavier. But uh, Xavier's playing well. Yeah, you know, I just – I look at this one, uh, you know, and, and you may have watched a little more Xavier than me this year, but I, I just think – and you hit it. Like, you know, Texas has 10 guys they can play. They're all productive. They can score. Uh, you know, you, you have Carr. You have uh, – what is it, Serge Ibari, uh, Rice. Yeah. Like um, – Gisu. Tyrese Hunter. Like, there's so many guys there. Like, I, I just think that they're, uh, you know, a stronger team – than Xavier and I kind of looked for them to win that matchup. Yeah, you know the other interesting question here is, you know, does does Sean Miller having you know experience in the tournament give him an edge at all in coaching over Rodney Terry? I mean, I kind of feel like at this point that stuff is all kind of lost in the wash, you know. Yeah, yeah. So and Sean yeah, Miller's a good. I mean, he's a good coach, so we'll see. But and yeah. coaching is key in the yep. tourney. Yep. So who do you have uh, advancing here? All right, so I'm going to stick with Houston. I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, we talked about the injury thing gives me some pause. But, again, I, I still think they're the most complete team in this tournament, and I will take Houston. Yeah, I've got the Cougars also uh, knocking off Texas uh, on Sunday to uh, to advance. And, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's setting up so well for them, too, because with the Final Four being in Houston also, you know, so uh, – Another kind of big, uh, you know, I think that they'll be playing for hard for that opportunity to uh, advance. Um, okay, the West. Now, this, you know, set up as, as the toughest region. And, uh, you know, I think we both felt like Arkansas was going to give Kansas some problems there uh, if they had advanced to that, uh, you know, uh, 
round of 32 matchup. They did, and they did, <laughs> knocking off the Jayhawks yeah. and advancing. Um, you know, the, this Arkansas team, you know, they, they it's – it's not necessarily a, a beautiful style of basketball in large part because they don't really have any shooters, but um, they're so good off the dribble and they, their pull-up game is good. They just, it's a, it's a dangerous team, man. It, it, it is. And, and I think they definitely, you know, um, you know, underwhelmed uh, or, or certainly uh, were disappointing for what they did in the regular season. But it's, you talk about there's a handful of pros on this team. They're super athletic. Um, they're a dangerous team, but you're right. The, the one thing is just they're shooting and they're like kind of shot selection at times um, is curious. And I kind of thought they were, I watched, you know, the first half, and I missed the second half, but the first half of that game against KU and I thought, oh, you know, Arkansas is going to lose. They're playing this wrong. Like they're they're running with KU. They probably shouldn't do that. But um, obviously, they came back and won. I mean, they're a dangerous team. Like this, this is certainly to me uh, uh, kind of the most compelling region left with kind of the the, the best selection of teams. I, I kind of don't see Arkansas coming out of it, but like, but they are talented enough to do that. Yeah, you know, they've got uh, they've got some nice pieces too just if you look at if you're talking about kind of like more complimentary type stuff, you know? I mean like the uh, Matt Walsh um all right shooter, but he does so much stuff, you know, in terms of on on the defensive end, you know, tipping balls, uh, you know, getting rebounds, that type of stuff. Um but, you know, the funny part is is it felt like that once they started really just playing a lot of one-on-one almost uh against KU there late they were able to kind of use those like individual matchup advantages to, uh, to end up pulling it out. Yeah, they are, they are so athletic. They, they might be the most athletic team, uh, you know, in the tournament this year. They're, they're pretty uh, incredible in that regard. Yeah. Now UConn uh, on the other side, who this team is playing really, really well. It's a really well-rounded team. Uh, you know, Sonogo there in the middle is tough, but uh, Hawkins on the outside, the shooter is, uh, I mean, like he might be kind of uh, looking at the, the matchup between these two teams. If, if UConn wins, I feel like he's going to end up being the difference. Yeah. I mean, UConn is, and they're well coached too. Like, I mean, I think, you know, Hurley kind of flies under some people's radar, but you know, he's done a solid job there. Like to me, this is one of the more, both of these West, you know, sweet 16 matchups should be a lot of fun. Um, you know, the, the way UConn with Sonogo and, and that size, you know, they're fairly athletic in their own right. Like that's going to be a really compelling game. I know a lot of people are high on UConn and, and I am as well. So we'll, it'll be, this is a tough one to pick. Yeah. You know, they, uh, St. Mary's hung tough with them for a half and then, uh, you know, UConn kind of blew them out in the second half of that game, really turned it on. Um, the other side, this is a, uh, you know, this was a good matchup a couple years back uh, when I, was Gonzaga, I believe, uh, hit a uh, half-court shot, right, in the uh, Final Four yep. to advance over UCLA. Uh, the Bruins come in, um, you know, early on, uh, I had UCLA winning and uh, advancing to the, uh, actually, I think I believe I'm going all the way to the finals. I'm having a harder time getting there now just because the, of, of all the injuries just keep mounting up for this team. Yeah, I agree. Same, same thought. I mean, um, the, that's just an issue for UCLA, right? I mean, and, and then 
Um, you know, Gonzaga, the way they play offensively, like they just are relentless um, and, and sort of attacking you. I, I kind of see that eventually wearing UCLA down here and Gonzaga moving on. Yeah, I mean, you got to think that Gonzaga's plan will be we're going to push the tempo uh, as much as we can, just trying to take advantage of that kind of dwindling depth that UCLA has. Um, all right. So let's see here. Who do you got moving on in the West? Ooh, this is a tough one because I really do like – so I, I think UConn wins. I think Gonzaga wins. I really like the way UConn's playing. I, you know, but – so I, I picked um, I picked Gonzaga uh, at the beginning of this whole thing. So I'm gonna stick with them in in a not so confident pick. But you know, again, like I, I think there's something to the Zags being a little under the radar here. Um, so I, you know, I'm I'm gonna stick with the Zags. Were you uh, were you laying the four and a half with them uh, the other night against TCU? <laughs> That, no, I was not, but I, I did see that. That was pretty incredible, right? So, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, th- it was like the late game. Was that Sunday, I think? Mm-hmm. So, so I, I, you know, I'd had a rough day already, so kind of glad I sat that one out. Yeah, man, I can't imagine what that would be like if you were if you were on the Bulldogs there. Because, yeah. Uh, well, like, yeah, you know. Worse than the – did you see the San Diego State um, – Charleston ending. That, oh, that yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah. I was on. I, yeah, yeah, I was on the Aztecs. That's there. a bad beat. Yeah, you know, if, uh, yeah. probably like maybe five or six years ago or so. I, it was a year uh, when let's see here, Duke was playing Utah in the Sweet Sixteen, and I just happened to be in Las Vegas, and I had bet on Utah. They were a dog, and like something happened where. The game was the game ended. They had covered, and they brought for some reason, though. Like literally, the teams had cleared the floor, but they brought a Duke player back out to shoot two free throws, and he ended up he hit both and ended up turning turning it from a uh, Utah cover to a Duke push. It was the most bizarre thing. He was all by himself out there shooting two free throws. Uh, I I guess the only reason you even bothered doing that is because of the spread, right? I mean. Well, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Somebody had money on the game, but yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's eerily similar to what happened at San Diego state Charleston game. That's yeah. just a, that's a bad beat. Yeah. Uh, if you were on yeah. Charleston for sure. Yeah. All right. So I think, I think I'm going to go with Gonzaga here just because of the depth issues for, for UCLA. Otherwise I'd be on the Bruins. Um, you know, initially that's who I had going through, but after what after what we saw, I think I'm I'm switching over there to the Bulldogs. So, let's see here in the final four. Then you would have Alabama versus Tennessee and yep. Houston taking on Gonzaga. Is that right? That's right. All right. So who do you have advancing there? Yeah. So I'm going to stick with you know my original picks. I, I think again, you know, Alabama and Houston, I think are the two, two best teams in this tournament. And so I would I would have both of them moving on to the final, and I'm gonna stick with Houston, you know, playing at home that style of play. I mean, obviously we've touched on the injuries, um, but I, I'll I'm gonna stick with Houston. All right, so I've got I think I have the same final four at this point with Tennessee, Alabama, Houston, and Gonzaga. I'll take uh, Alabama and Houston like you to advance, but I'm going to go with the I'm going to go with the tide. Just uh, it, 
they just present the, their style of play is just so tough because they've got so much range, so much outside shooting. And I mean, Brandon Miller is probably the best player uh, any team has left in this tournament. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and roll with Bama to cut down the nets in what will, as I mentioned before, be an extraordinarily awkward situation with Nate Oates and yeah. that team. Yeah, this is a unique one for sure. Yep, yep. So real quick though, if you had to pick like a dark horse, a team that might make a run here that we, we've gone through, you know, that could end up really shocking everybody. Any any thoughts? Who? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess Tennessee is a four seed doesn't really count there, right? I mean, I, I guess the team, I, you know, um, I would look at is kind of Creighton. Um, you know, obviously they'd have to, I mean, so they get Princeton, that's a game they should win, you know, it, but they're also just, they're the kind of team where if they're hot, like they're tough, they can beat anybody. I mean, I, I guess that's sort of the, the dark horse I look at as, you know, re, posing some problems for other teams in this tournament. Yeah, I'd keep an eye on Arkansas. That's another one. I mean, just for the same reason, all the same reasons we talked about earlier. I mean, having multiple pros on a team like that and so many kind of ability to create kind of one-on-one matchup situations. Um, you know, I, I, in the end, I think that their shooting, as I mentioned, will end up doing them in at some point. But uh, it, that's a that's a really dangerous team uh, that uh, just – and they're – fairly accustomed to playing with teams like Bama, you know, so that's, that's, I guess, another thing to watch there. Um, yeah, right. I, I see it. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, Hey man, so maybe we can talk uh final four next week. Once, uh, once we see how everything shakes out, uh, uh, this weekend. Sound good. Yeah. Sounds good. Let's do it. All right. Thanks again to the skinny for joining us to talk, uh, March madness. Uh, looking forward to talking to him again next week. Once we know who the final four teams are going to be, uh, thanks to, again, like I mentioned, thanks to him for joining us. Thanks to you all for joining us too. And, uh, also like I, like I mentioned, make sure to visit our sponsor, Vanessa house, make sure to sign for the Patreon and Hey, wherever it is that you get your podcast, please make sure to uh, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, all that. All right. So for through the keyhole, I am Alan Kenny. Take it easy.